Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading the transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop. We are missionaries at Acts 29. And as always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as leaders of families, and even as leadership practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve her mission. Today's topic is around the power of deliberate getaways. Just really discussing how important it is that we as leaders, both individually and collectively as a team, even in our families at home, take time to deliberately have experiences to grow. But with that, Rick, as we open this up, we, we start us off in prayer. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, as always, we thank you for this moment, for this opportunity to be here to glorify you, to do our best to achieve your mission that you placed us on. We thank you for the leaders in the church. We thank you for any listener that's looking to grow as a leader, to be able to fulfill their mission that you have put them on as well. Please bless and inspire our conversation today. Guide us, be present with those listening. Holy Spirit, please move in our listeners and give them the grace to hear you speak to them through us, through your word, through experiences that you've given to us to share. And we thank you, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Rick, to break this open, I mean, you just came back from, you know, one of, one of if not the uh, highlights of our Christian faith, the Holy Land, with some of our teammates, some friends of the X-29 family. I, brother, you have to share a little bit. I mean, I know it'd be impossible to unpack that in a simple podcast, but just what was that like? What'd that do for you? And then, and then how does that land us in our topic, brother? Yeah, and this is why we're even doing this episode. I was I couldn't control myself. Uh, we we <laughs> reconnected after about ten days, and you asked how it went, and I just went on and on and on. This story, this experience, what I saw, what I felt, how I prayed. Um, it was it was so much, and I'll, I'll be I'll be thinking about this and praying this, reflecting on this, my, maybe my whole life, but at least over these next several weeks and months. And I'm sure it'll come up in almost every conversation <laughs> or with, with anybody I talk with. So hopefully I'm not okay, bragger. That, that, that annoying guy that says, oh, yeah, then this. And, but, but as far as today, you know, the power of the experience. You know, I've, I've been blessed, especially more recently, being with Acts 29, getting to know you, Nick, and so many people that I've had the honor to be with that are admittedly much more schooled, if you will, on scripture, on um, experiences themselves. And, and so for me, it was, I, I think, even more over, overwhelming in a positive sense that um, just to be where Jesus walked, to be in the weather in which, you know, coming close to this time of year. I mean, this was the weather that he was going through his passion. Mm. Um, to be there with great disciples and friends and people with whom I work. Um, and just to get to know, and we were there with our spouses and our spouses got to know each other, but to walk where Jesus walked, 
to see some of the things that were around when he was there. Much of it's very different, obviously, now after thousands of years. You know, to, to be in the cell in which he was imprisoned the night of his arrest, things like that. Just that element of the, what the experience did well beyond what I could read, what I could hear, but not really appreciate. And that's what got us talking about experiences and the importance of taking teams and leaders to go on certain experiences that go beyond what you read and learn. You know, you were talking about the Holy Land and and so many dimensions, you know, you can get into about what that intentional experience is doing for you, for those who are there, um, and even for those of us who who couldn't be there, but um, get to hear the stories, you know, and see that even see the bonding. You can just you can just hear it already. Uh, and I, I remember I remember going to Rome, uh, the first time going to Rome, and just stepping into the heart of Catholicism. And I really identify. I started identifying then. I was already a devout Catholic following Jesus, but going to Rome on pilgrimage, it was like I'm a Roman Catholic, and that now has a it has a unique, deeper meaning for me than it did before. You know, and if I never went to Rome, I'd still be a devout Catholic, and God would do what He's going to do in my life regardless. But to have that experience shifted, just the way I saw the heart of Catholicism, and you know, to to, to walk by Peter's tomb and to to, to walk into the catacombs and see where, you know, St. Paul was beheaded and all these different things. You're like, oh my goodness. Like the, the church for me in that moment was coming to life in a way that I just had, I, I, I wouldn't have otherwise gleaned necessarily. Um, and, and so again, right here, an intentional experience to go on pilgrimage to Rome or the Holy Land, like these, these things have tremendous impact on us, but it doesn't have to be a pilgrimage. Some of us will never go on pilgrimage. I might yeah. never get to the Holy Land. I hope to, I might not. And yeah. yet, the, 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 the deeper purpose and theme here is like when you get away intentionally, God reveals things to you and you can also plan them with him in a way that you're going after the needs in your own heart and life for you individually and as a team. Yeah. And you and I together, we had a chance to go with, with Father John and Mary and Albert and we went to Gettysburg. And, and we were intentional about, this is about leadership, going to, to Gettysburg. And, and one of our Christian brothers, um, Kevin, um, took us around and showed us things. And, and that experience of walking the battlegrounds, to understand what was happening, to just picture it, be up on those mountains and, and overlooking the battlefield. And just the proximity of these people fighting to get against each other and, and to learn more about it. Um, it does something beyond. It, it, it really is this, this visceral, this um, impactful experience that changes you. It changed, Gettysburg changed me forever as a leader. Uh, coming back from the Holy Land has now changed me forever as a human being, as a, as a, as a Christian, um, as, as, a, as a, hopefully as a leader, we'll see how this all plays out. And being able then, when we were in Gettysburg, to discuss then our experiences, you had some experiences a little different than mine. Some of it is exactly the same. And, and, and that was as important as the experience itself. When we would have those reflective moments over a nice bourbon were the best ones, but a good <laughs> meal and just that experience together to be able to reflect on what we experienced and then learn from each other. Oh, okay. I see what you saw there. I didn't see it that way. Another perspective. So just all those together led us to this, this episode and we're going to be encouraging you as leaders, you as as um, as teammates to do some things together in these experiences. I'm thinking about Gettysburg there, Rick. I mean, you know, 
you say the growth is in the dialogue, right? It was a great, it's a great line. Like, so you have, you're going through a thing. It could be a prayer experience. It could be in the battlefield of Gettysburg. And like, you're learning, you're processing, you know, someone might be asking you questions if they're facilitating something and you're going through this thing. And then over the meal, you're like, what's the Lord doing through this, right? Gettysburg experience wasn't designed for us to like have a spiritual experience, but we're all there with the intention of like, Lord, make me a better human, a better leader. Teach us something for the mission you have us on. And so then we go to dinner and we're talking about that. What is God doing today? What stood out to you? What was challenging you? What was, you know, and, and it, it's just, there's so much opportunity there to get better, to grow, to get deeper. And then all the stuff that happens when you go to a restaurant together, that when you waste time together like that, that you just otherwise wouldn't because you don't have that extended period of time. So, you know, we we were able to mute, uh, collectively evangelize a, a waitress there, right? And 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 having she encountered God through us in that moment, you know, and to watch each other just how do we interact with the world on mission, you know? So, to, and and uh, and to have moments where you laugh, you know, and you, and you pray together like that, hour by hour, immersive experience over a multi-day uh, event or retreat provides so many opportunities for just that authentic human bumping into each other that you don't get if you're just always in this kind of work mission mode, you know, email to meeting to functional thing to the next thing and all really good stuff, but you don't get that other otherwise human experience. So that's what we're trying to highlight here is, you know, whether it's the Holy Land or Gettysburg or somewhere else, the need and importance of being deliberate as a leader, whether you're the father of a home, mother of a home, the pastor of a parish, the bishop of a diocese, or you're um, just thinking about the team you lead in a secular organization. What is the Holy Spirit saying that you guys need to do this year? Like, what's your annual thing this year that you're supposed to do to go deeper, to grow? Could be more often than a year, for sure. We'd, we'd love that. But at least once a year, what are you doing? Yeah, Nick, I, I, you know, so whether to build on that even further, so it could be, you know, we as a team want to grow more spiritually. You know, we could individually have a have a strong spiritual life, but we're not together praying as a family on mission. You know, is the need more spiritual, growing in our faith, our unity together? Do we need a renewed encounter with God? So then that would be the deliberate focus of maybe whatever that experience would be. Is it more of an intellectual, maybe a content need? And then maybe you focus in that area. Is it about leadership? Is it becoming stronger leaders? Is it becoming a stronger leadership team? Is it building a healthier team? You know, we talk a lot about team health in our, in our prior podcast. And then that would be the deliberate focus. Is it is it more about clarifying your vision and your strategy, but that experience um, and you just reminded me, Nick, you mentioned the, the waitress when we were in Gettysburg. It's everywhere we go. And you and I have had many experiences together, thanks be to God. And, and it, it tends to be, whether it's an Uber driver, whether it's a, a waitress, um, I, there was a, a young woman, uh, Christian, in near the Sea of Galilee in, in the Holy Land, working in the hotel gift shop and had a, a discussion with her about her friends. Some are Muslim, some are Jewish. And just those experiences that go with the deliberate targeted part of the experience, you know, those become even more impactful. Um, 
Father John and, and Mary and, and Mary's husband, Steve Guilfoyle, they, they got delayed by a full day. Albert, they got delayed a half a day. And so they missed the whole first day. Their experience, as painful as it was, they ended up bumping into some people and evangelized and talking about the rescue project. We did the same. We were waiting in a long line. And there were some people I thought they were trying to cut. You know, I started thinking, all right, if they're going to try to cut, I'm going to use my big <laughs> rear end and push them off, like box them out in basketball. And instead, they become they're the nicest people. And they just got there and they had grown up in Mexico City and now they live in Kalamazoo. And, you know, and then we become bonded and those kinds of things. How do you deal with adversity as a team? How does that then how do you reroute your your plan? And there's many ways to do it. But uh, anyway, I just had to share some of that where it's it's some of those unplanned things. And especially if you're a church leader, it's yeah, we might be planning on doing that because that is the main gist. But the whole experience includes the unplanned, the mistakes, the things that don't go the way you wanted them to go. But what's the Lord doing in our lives that put us in this situation? A key part of the point right there. You know, like you you learn so much about each other. Someone has a weak moment, you know, let's, let's say with a stranger, like they're not they're not doing well, like they didn't handle it well. And they, they everybody gets to see it and they get to grow together from it. Or you know, most of the time it's actually, wow, I admire the way Albert handled that person. Or I wow, I just admire the way Mary dealt with that difficult situation. And it's actually more often than not, my experience is I only admire my teammates, the people I'm with more, my spouse more, my children more, when I'm out in the quote unquote world just doing life and trying to get somewhere. And those interruptions happen. You're like, wow, that was beautiful. Or I just, I just learned the whole thing. Like we came here for this conference, but the most meaningful thing that happened was when we met, you know, Joe Schmo and God, God lit up our worlds that night. I agree. And then seeing also the, you know, if, if, if the experience includes spouses, for example, mm-hmm. you learn so much more about your colleagues, uh, uh, about each other when you have this, you know, the, the, the most important person in their lives and your, you know, your spouse with you, if that's how that one worked out. And, you know, we, we just, you just get closer. You can't help by getting closer. You understand how people operate differently. And um, and that was another nice feature of this one, a unique feature of it. Yeah, great point, Rick. I mean, to to bring that uh, a deeper lens when you start to bring families together, spouses together. Now you're talking about a whole other dynamic, and um, it, and it's good for the spouses to be closer to the mission. It's good for the spouses to be like, this is who you're running with every day. Oh my goodness, you know, I see why you love it so much, or you know, or whatever's going on. It, it's it's a huge win. So. Rick laid out these themes and some of the stuff we just want to say, there's a few things out there, you know, probably most of you are already familiar with, but you know, there's the amazing parish conference or the divine renovation conference. Like if you're a parish ministry and you're like, Man, we haven't gotten away in a long time and we need some fresh vision and spiritual experiences and fresh thinking. Those are two amazing parish and divine renovation. Great places to go just to go. Let's, let's, let's kind of just step back from the, from the fire, if you will, of daily life and, and have a chance to, uh, to take in something new from the Lord, you know, um, and, you know, or or if you're looking for like Bible conferences or, or something, I mean, there's Word on Fire and Bishop Barron puts on a the Word on Fire conference now. That's that's a that's a great one to go to. Uh, X29, we have the Rescue Project. We have the Rescue Project live in Atlanta this year. Um, that's that's a great one to uh, consider taking your team to to experience the gospel in a whole new way, and um, that's something you could take back to your parish. So, so many there's so many places. I mean, you could list. 
you know, dozens of ways to go out there and have an experience, but to be intentional and say, Holy Spirit, what do we need? Or if it's for you, what do I need? Or if it's for your, your, your family, like what's our family need? And then go do that. It's not enough just to have it happen by happenstance, though God uses that. That's not enough to take just a vacation because a lot of times we come back from vacation where like our core needs weren't met, you know, it might be nice to lay on the beach for a week, but like, did I actually get recharged in the core of my very humanity in such a way that I actually come back refreshed for life? So building further on the experience itself, you know, why, why, why do you want to experience something rather than maybe just cover it in normal meetings? Um, let's reflect on mass and going to mass and the difference between going to mass during COVID when many of the churches, if not all, were shut down and watching mass on TV. Certainly it was an event. Certainly it was an experience. But going to mass with others physically receiving the Holy Eucharist. Um, it, it is a night and day experience and, and it's not minimizing mass on, on TV. I mean, it's, it's absolutely worthwhile. And so I think this, this element of physically being there, we're just encouraging you to, to in, incorporate that difference or we thought it might be worth mentioning that how mass is so different when you can physically be there. And wow, don't we appreciate mass, Nick, even more now than we did a couple of years ago. I know I certainly do. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Just here I am watching mass and at, the, at, the, at the height of COVID. And, you know, you can't go, you can't get into your church and you're just, you're watching this. It's just not the same. It doesn't feel right. And, and then to, when we came back, to whether, whether you can smell the incense or hear the bells or you, you're in the, you're in the community, you're singing and worshiping God together. You're, 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 you're seeing your friends and your family members. You're, that, that is irreplaceable. Versus watching it online. To have that top of mind right now as we're talking about this and say, okay, if that's true and it is, it's also true that it'd be really good for me, for me and my team to get away, to take some intentional time to hear the Lord. I can remember kind of stumbling into this truth, Rick, when not that long ago, uh, I was running a team in a diocese and working on evangelization ministry. And we, we, we had done the Lencioni stuff. We'd been working really hard on becoming a team and, you know, had a lot of clarity. A lot of great things were happening. We're, we're, we're deeply grateful to God and very proud of our, our bond, our friendship. But then one year, uh, we, went, we, ended, we ended up going to this conference together. We just said, let's go to this, let's go to this thing together. This, it, was a, it, was a, it was kind of a, a conference on evangelization. It was targeting us, getting renewed ourselves, and equipping us um, just, to, just to do ministry further. So we go to this, and over the course of three days, you know, we spent we'd have dinners together. We stayed at the same uh, location. By the time we were done with that, everything was different for us. Not not to be dramatic, it was truly everything was different. We had never spent that much time together, you know, in such a small window of time. We never had the chance to just not talk like shop, but to actually step back and go, like God's doing something in me, and now I'm sharing it with you. And he's doing something in you. You're now you're sharing it with me. Like this, this dialogue, the whole conversation was different than we would have week to week. And so in three days time, we knew each other deeper. We, we knew how God spoke to each other in a way that we'd never, never even thought to ask before. Um, we were mutually saying, okay, we together now have a sense of how God works in us and how he wants to use us on mission. And so it's not about the experience, <laughs> you know, and especially in this culture, I'm sensitive to that. Like everyone wants to talk about, 
you know, oh, you're experienced. Don't judge my experience. It's like, it's not about that. It's about the bond. It's about the growth. It's about the journey and, and learning, you know, genuinely learning new things. Um, this whole thing about being intentional kind of lands a little bit in this, the quality of it. Um, we, we, as a leader, when you're thinking about this, be intentional. Think about beauty in a special way. You know, the beauty of the environment or the beauty of the experience itself. So whether it's environment and you're looking at hotels, pick pick the one that maybe is one step up from what you normally might do so that you can have a more beautiful experience. Go to a, a little bit nicer of a restaurant so your team can just collectively have a more beautiful experience. Think about the the, the, the location you might be choosing to go to. So the location is saturated in beauty. Or if it's not to do with environmental beauty, it could be a totally different take, right? It could be an inner city. Maybe you're visiting some slums to have a completely different experience. That's the beauty of humanity, the beauty of loving and serving one another and, 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 and horrible suffering and poverty. So we're still being intentional that there's a different kind of beauty we're going after. But to really be intentional about the role of beauty and how it ministers to the whole person is uh, very important. And yet we know that whatever God has revealed and whatever we're planning to do through our prayer, we know that God still has something more in that trip, in that in that experience for us to find that we're only going to know about once we show up. Yeah, I think you're right on, Nick. So you've got the purpose of your this experience, be it a retreat, be it a trip somewhere, be it a conference, and, and then be deliberate about finding the beauty you're seeking, knowing that there's beauty. And I, I love the way you say that. It's It could be a make it quality. It's a quality experience. And if it's not a physical quality and beauty, it's that it is that beauty, like you said, of, of serving others. And that might be it. And regardless of the approach, regardless of the target, you know, being open to that, you might be blindsided by something like when we talk about the waitress, we talk about the flight attendant or the, the the Uber driver or just something that goes with a, with a screwed up schedule. And no matter what, we, there's got to be ample time to prayer and ample time for reflection built into this experience. Because at times, and it was, it, it is, you risk that when you do something like the Holy Land or you go someplace like even Gettysburg, at times the risk is it's just so much there. You want to get it all in. And kind of the what you see becomes more important than what it's doing in your life or what the Lord's doing in your life for it or, why, or where the growth is. So you jam it all in and, and you don't journal anything and you, you don't have enough time to just kind of, yeah, just kind of challenge yourself. What did I, how did I change? Um, and, and then that's the missed opportunity and you, and you have to do that while it's, while it's fresh. And so maybe a couple more, and then we'll get to the mission challenge. Just some, some more thoughts on the experience. And I'm going to reflect a bit, Nick, on – so Mount Tabor was one that I had never really spent much time thinking about. The whole transfiguration. So Mount Tabor is where Jesus took Peter, James, and John up this mountain, and and he, trans, he, he, he transfigured. You know, he became dazzling white. And there, Elijah and Moses appear, who had been gone for hundreds of years, and um, and it's like, what is going on here? And 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 then and then Peter says a weird thing, like, hey, I'm going to build a couple tents to Jesus, and Jesus said, Hey, cool your jets, just just kind of watch what happens here. Different words, but you get the point. So, 
So just going there and first of all, seeing what a high mountain this is. This wasn't a, I'm going to just kind of stroll up there and then say a few prayers and stroll down. I mean, these guys hiked and they had to go up there. And so they, I'm sure they had hiking material. I mean, they probably planned on staying there for the night. So this idea, uh, let me build a couple of tents. I get it. And of course the tents were holy tents and it was a place for the Lord. It was a place, you know, there was more meaning to it than just going up for a camp out, but it was so beautiful. And then the fact that in that time, first century, to be close to God, mountains were sacred and they still are mountains. They represented that you're even closer to God. So I can see that was by far the highest mountain. And you stand in that mountain and recognizing the beauty down below, you see for miles and miles, and it's all green, by the way. This is no desert. This is, they call this Israel's breadbasket. This is where the vast majority of farm produce is made for the country in this area. So this vastness of it, and by standing there, and, and Sue and I, my wife Sue and I, we could have stood there and just looked for probably hours. And we probably could have stayed overnight there. It was that beautiful and serene and magical. And it's like, ah, I get it. I see why this was the place to pick for the transfiguration. Hmm. Yeah, that, that, uh, I'm tempted right now just to get lost in your articulation there, brother, because it's just, that's what, that's what the experiences do. Yeah. Whether it's a pilgrimage or, or even like a conference, you can just, you can just pitch a tent. You can just, stay in this moment because it's it's doing something new ah it's beautiful and and this idea of of going away uh intentionally isn't new this is as old as time all right i mean jesus and the 12 you know we're in ministry we're in our work we're in our missions doing what we're doing all the time and there's you know there's no there's no, we don't have on off switches where we just can flip things off and flip them on it's just not true in Mark 6.31, it's worth noting this, right? So 6.30, 6.31, listen to this. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And Jesus says to them, come away by yourselves to a lonely place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. So just picture this. Where are you at right now? There's so much going on. and and Jesus is inviting all of us. And then this podcast, we're saying, like, at least annually, like, come away and rest to receive, to eat, to take leisure, to rest so that you can be refreshed and recharged and renewed mind, body, soul about the mission, about who you are, so you can keep doing the work that God's called you to do. That's fantastic. And in all these experiences as well, have some fun. Um, and so we're going to get into this mission challenge. Oh, just a quick story on having some fun. We had a chance to go to the Dead Sea. <laughs> so, you know, I kept hearing about the Dead Sea as a weird experience. You can't sink. And I was like, really? So you go to the Dead Sea. It's nine times the salt of the oceans that we're familiar with. And you, you can't sink. You go out and you stick your feet up. You lay on your back and your arms up like an otter. And you float in the water. Over your head, you can stand straight. And once you get your balance, you're... You're straight. You're not touching the, the ground and your shoulders are out of the water. Just an incredible experience. But just to go down and jump in as a team, not everyone did, uh, but to you know, kind of kick around a little bit and then 
we have, I mean, Albert's uh, dad was, was born in Bethlehem. And so Albert's been back in that area a few times. So he and his wife, Becky, were already schooled on what you do because the salt <laughs> can irritate you. You know, I didn't, I didn't get the memo that said, don't shave that morning. So I was getting a rash on my neck because it really does just that salt goes right into the cuts. But then they have this technique where you come out and you grab some mud. It's like really fine, smooth mud. It's almost like a chocolate mousse looking thing. And we just smeared mud all over our whole bodies. You saw the picture, Nick. And, and, and just having fun like that, where here we are, uh, you know, out having a very deep uh, pilgrimage and just to be able to jump in and swim and float and experience this and rub mud all over to get and then be able to wash it off just to have some fun. So here's our mission challenge. So we're going to ask you as leaders to consider your current circumstances. You as the leader or you as the leaders on the team, or your family, you know, your family that's on mission, this family with whom you're on mission, whether it's the family in the workplace or it's the family that you you lead or your, your family itself, whatever, but your current situation, look at your calendar and does it reflect the need and importance of deliberately getting away in order to grow? Again, it might be with your spouse, it might be with your families, it might be further to build community and friendship. But what's the Lord saying to you and your team as to what you need? Where do you need to grow most? Is it spiritually? Is it with leadership? Is it becoming a healthier, stronger team? And our challenge to you is at least annually, and plan it now, and plan it for the next couple of years. You can figure out where you go, but plan it at least annually. And, and, and especially now, one thing, especially now in this apostolic time or moving more toward apostolic time, we're out of the Christendom mode. We need to be in this apostolic mode. And so these experiences, these retreats, whatever it turns out to be for you, they've got to help you be equipped to work and live in an apostolic mode. And that includes, the experience includes mealtime together conversation, even jumping in the Dead Sea, if that adds some fun to the experience. But whatever you do, it's targeted, it's deliberate, but stay open to how the Lord may work in your lives. Might blindside you with something that you don't expect and, and just recognize it's all part of his plan. Make space for prayer. Make space to reflect. Discuss what you're experiencing. That's the mission challenge. All right, let's pray that this uh, can happen in our lives. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the experiences, uh, especially that Rick just had in the Holy Land. And Father, right now we ask you to send the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name to fill every listener, every heart, mind, and soul, every leader, every individual, with the grace to give themselves permission to take time away and rest a while so they can grow and be recharged. So come Holy Spirit, give leaders who struggle with this the courage to just say yes and make it happen on their calendars. And for those who can't imagine taking the time because there's too much going on, for those who feel overwhelmed, or for those who just don't even know if they want to do that with the team they have, Holy Spirit come and minister to them peace and calm. Give them resolution that it's good and helpful to take time away and to rest. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Nick, thank you. That's it for episode 14. Go plan a powerful experience.